just as we're in that place of worship and just focusing on Jesus, I wanted to just share with you just something the Lord's been sharing with me about his testimonies and the testimony of others and the prophetic word that he speaks to us. And um, there's a scripture in First Timothy and it says, we use our prophecies as weapons of warfare. We use the testimony of what God says in his word, but also the testimony of what he's done for others because he's no respecter of person. What he does, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he's done in his word for others, what do you see him do for others, he can do for you if you put our faith to it and get that word from him. But also the things that he has spoken to us when we're reading, when we're spending time with him, that he speaks to us from his word, that he speaks to us through revelation knowledge. There are prophetic words. What somebody might have laid hands on you and spoken over you, that's actually God's word to you. And the way, they're like weapons of our warfare. And that's what Paul actually said to Timothy in Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.18. It says, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, by, that by them, that by the prophecies that you had spoken to you, you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. But he actually says, use them to fight the fight. Use the prophecies that I've spoken to you, you've had spoken over your life to stand with. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. When we're in a hard place or we're wondering what God is doing or we're wondering where we're heading, Go back and think and go back and look over what God has spoken to you previously. Go back and that's why we write it down. If you have a dream and God speaks, write the thing down. Even if it makes no sense, ask for revelation. Come see me if you're really struggling and I'll ask for revelation. But, you know, go and write them down because sometimes it can be six months later that you get the understanding or it unfolds to you. If God speaks a word to you when you're reading his word and it becomes a rhema word, a living word to you, write that thing down because that is God speaking to us. If you're hearing the word preached and something goes off on the inside of you, write it down because God speaks. That's God, creator of the universe, speaking. That's his prophetic word to us. If somebody lays hands on you and speaks a prophetic word over you and it resonates with what God has said previously, it resonates with his word, it goes off on the inside of your spirit, go back and say, Lord, is that for me? And if it is, write that thing down. Remember what he has said because that's actually when we're wondering what's going on or we feel like nothing's happening or we have opposition come against us, we go on the word of prophecy. That's what we fight with. That's what we stand with, that, that he is faithful to that word. He says that he, not one word that he has spoken from heaven will return void to him, but it will accomplish what he set it forth to do. So when he speaks a word over your life, he expects that it is going to accomplish what he set it forth to do. And sometimes we can forget what God has spoken over our life. Has, there nobody, has anybody here never felt like God has spoken something to them? Is there anybody? So can you call to mind things that God, you know God has said about your life? Hands up. Yeah? God has said this to me. Now, that's what we stand on. When we're not sure what we're doing, this is what we stand on. As we stand on what God has said. And then if we're going, God, and it, go to the word, and that's the word of our testimony. And I was remembering, and, I, and this, is, this is my offering talk. Um, I was remembering Philip and I were looking, sorry, we were looking 
we were talking, um, because I actually heard somebody speak this, that they, they were um, facing an illness and they're a well-known preacher. And they have written down all the prophetic words that God has said. They have all the promises that God has given them. And they have it easy to get to. And they just speak it over their life. When they're wondering what God's doing, when they're feeling discouraged, they get out the words that God has spoken in their life and they declare them. It's easy to do when we're having a happy. It's not so easy to do when we're pushed up against a wall or we're enemies coming at us. But that's when we stand. And when you've done all else, stand. And stand on the word of our testimony, what Jesus has done for us, the word of God, and the prophetic word that he has spoken over us. Now, Philip and I, years ago, getting way back now, but it, the Lord spoke to us when we were ministering in Kagoolie. Everything was great guns. We had young people everywhere and people were getting saved and there was amazing stuff happening. And in the middle of that, God said, I'm calling you to go and to plant church, a church in Perth. And we're like, really? At this time? And so we went and when we, and they said, I want a church of 20,000 people. It was that he'd planted 20,000 people in the, in the hearts and it, was, and it was confirmed by a man named Frank Holcrum. We walked into a sermon service and there he was and, we, and he said, it's on God's heart that there'll be a church of 20,000 people in this city. And we're like looking at each other going, okay, God. And we've walked around with that in our heart for over 25 years. It'd be nearly that, 20 years, yeah. And, and it looks different now to what we thought it did, but we were talking to Justin when he came here and he just looked at us and he goes, you know what, that 20,000, that's still on the go. He says, it's just going to look different to what you thought. Now, what we've had understanding now in the last couple of years is it's not all in one place because that's just hard work. Seriously, it is. <laughs> What it is, what we believe, is that we, I had a dream a couple of years ago and that there was hubs of light. And across the city in this state, there is hubs of light and they're all connected in the spirit of hubs of light of 10, 12 people in their homes that each home is a place of ministry, reaching out to friends and family and those that God brings into your world. And that is how we're going to reach 20,000 people. Yeah? Now, we're not the only ones that are getting that download from heaven. Francis Chan, he had a mega church in the States, and he is after a million souls in his city. A million souls. And he's fast-tracked to do it because they're just starting hubs up everywhere. Now, they may not do the similar things to what we do in our hubs, but God is moving on this. God is moving on this. And if you start to listen to what the Spirit is saying, is that it doesn't, you know, there's going to be mega churches still, but there's also this grassroots movement starting up across the nations of God is wanting just you do it. It's not about one person standing up the front anymore. It's about you and you and you stepping into your calling and your ability and gathering those people around you and just hanging out together, ascending together, reaching out to the lost together and making a difference together. Because we're all got resurrection power on the inside of us. We've all got something to give. We've all got something that God wants us to do. He says, I plan good works in advance for you to do. And so I'm just remembering the prophetic word that God spoke to us. I was saying, where were we going last night? What's God said to us? Let's just go back and, and look again because we need to do that regularly. So I'm encouraging you this morning, go back and remember what God has said. If you're listening online, remember what God has said to you. Write it down again. Get it out of your notebooks. Even if you have to go back 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, go back and remember what God has said because what he has said, it will not return to him void. If it's him speaking it, you grab hold of it. 
He goes into our future, speaks a word, and then expects us to grab hold of it and start to declare it. And we do not go on what we can see. We go on what he has said. Smith Wigglesworth, who was recounted to have raised 12 to 14 people from the dead, he said, I do not go by what I see, I go by what I, God has said. I think he's a pretty good mentor on that. <laughs> yeah? We don't go by what we see, we go by what God has said. So let the prophetic word that you've had spoken over your life, let the word of the testimony of those, even then just in this room, you've got people healed from cancer. You've got people who've had things shrivel up and just disappear. You've got people who have been blessed in their work. You've got people, you know, just sitting around you in this room. You've got overcomers in this room. If they, God can do it for them, he can do it for you. You've got people listening online that are part of our family that were, could not have babies naturally and they had babies. Hey? Yeah? Yeah? In our family that, let alone what's out there that you can listen to online and hear and see what God is doing. So let the word of the testimony and the prophetic word, let that resonate inside you today and remember what God has said. And let's get busy. Let's get busy. You know, when we get to re- around the table together, when we're hanging out together, even if it's just two or three of you, tell stories of what God has done because it's powerful. You know what the angels get on that? They actually gather around and are listening to us talking. And we've actually seen it happen where we've been talking about what the Lord is doing and done. And God gets on it and his manifest presence. And you can see him in the room. You can see him working. And then things start to change. So I encourage you, encourage one another. Get around each other. And instead of talking about what's I know the wedding was on and you can talk about that, but, you know, but, but, and the football. But let's talk about what God is doing. If you've been watching an amazing podcast or you've, YouTube video and you see, you know, see somebody being healed, share those stories because it generates faith. It's by the word of our testimony and the blood of Jesus that we overcome. And people are hungry. Now, if Shara and I, sometimes we pop into places and we start sharing what God's doing. And these people, they, they don't know Jesus yet. And they're like, Really? And they want to know, tell me more. Tell me more. So let's not be timid because the world needs to know, your friends need to know, your family need to know. And remember what God has spoken about your life, that you're preachers, that you can pray, that you don't need a Bible college degree to be able to do that. Yeah? Yeah? We've got the Holy Spirit and he will teach us all things and he will guide us into all truth. So let's man up, remember what God has spoken, and let's get out there. Amen? Yeah, you know, Dale talked about releasing hubs. I mean, when, when we started a ministry, we were first married, and all we did was we gathered a few people where we were in town back in Kalgoorlie days, back in the bush, and we just started doing a Bible study. We started looking at John 15 and talking about what John 15, John 15 talks about abiding in, in Christ and him abiding in us, and we just started talking about that. And we get together every week and just hang out. And that just grew and grew and grew from there. And that was really the start of us stepping into what God had for us. And I know when we talk about hubs, sometimes you think, oh, there's these big things I've got to have out there. All we're looking is for hubs of about 10 people. Is you gathering eight, ten people in your world together to talk about Jesus and what he's done. And doing, yes. But when you talk about what he's done, then he starts doing. 
And I want to think, just think for a minute. Do you have five, six, seven, eight, ten people in your world that you're going, you know what? If we can hang out in my week, in my house every week or every fortnight, we can just have a coffee together, we can have a meal together, and we can talk about what Jesus has done and what he's doing. And I can share Jesus with them. And if you have that in your world, then you can do a hub. And you might think, that's scary. That's out there. Well, not really. Just start once a month, once a fortnight. Just having people in your house and talking about Jesus and what he's done and let him do some more. I mean, like you saw today, we worshipped using YouTube. The stuff we had is all free. You can do that. And just share what Jesus has been showing you from his word. Just pray together. I want us to get that vision of 20,000. Because God spoke us, and I mean, Dale sort of passed over, but the story is quite amazing. When God spoke this to us, and we sort of went 20,000, and we were young and yahoo, and, and yeah, we could do anything. And we rocked into Perth, and you know, there was four of us. Awesome start, that. And I really felt, we felt to go actually up to this service, and it was January, and this church has two services normally, and so we checked their service times, and yep, no worries. So we rocked up to this service, because it was the first, we were rocking up for what we thought was the second service. And we walked in, and it already started, and we went, oh, no, we're late. So we sort of snuck in and, and sat down, and, and the guy preaching wasn't, Frank preaching, wasn't supposed to be him preaching, but he was, he was sort of in town that day, and so he was preaching, and what we didn't know was they'd actually gone to one service for January and we'd actually walked in at the end of the service. And so we sort of gave a strange looks like, you know, why are you walking in now? But hey, and we actually only caught the last five minutes of the service. And we walk in and we sit down and this guy's finishing his sermon and we had me sitting there, what, two minutes? And he just clicked over into the prophetic and he started to prophesy and he said exactly Word for word, what God had said to us about three or four months before about his heart for this city was a church of 20,000. And we just sort of sat there stunned as he spoke it word for word. In um, 2000, we were over in Sydney and we joined the C3 movement. We were actually being ordained into the C3 movement um, at that time. And we were at a conference in Sydney and they were... We're in this hotel and they were bringing up all this in this conference room in this hotel and they were bringing up all the people who had, who had been with new churches into the C3 movement. And so they come up and went down and I sort of went and we stood on the very end. There was about, what, 15, 20 couples or something. And we went just went and stood on the end, you know, we juggling kids and everything else. And so we were off to the side. And, and one of the guys walked over and just grabbed us both and pulled us into the middle of this line. And we sort of thought, that was weird, you know. And then they said to, they said to the guys who were some of the leaders and they had a couple of prophets who actually operated in that movement, and they said, come on, come and just pray for all these guys. And they all came to us. 
They're supposed to spread themselves across all these couples, but they all came to us. It was really quite, and it was just a God moment. And in about the 10 minutes before that, um, Phil Pringle, who leads the century movement, said, look, I really want you all just to get a download from heaven about what God's vision is for your city. And so we closed our eyes and said, God, what do you want? And we knew this 20,000 thing was in our hearts. And he just showed us, Dale and I together, he showed us this stadium full of people worshipping God. And we went, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, that fits in with what we thought. I mean, it all looks different for us now. But he showed us this stadium full of people. And then they brought us up to pray for us at the end of this meeting. And, and, and they came. And one of the, a guy called Fergus McIntyre, who's a real prophet to the nations. He's a real man who hears God. And he just placed his hand on us. He just looked at us and he says, what you have seen is what God wants to do. What you have seen is what God is going to do. This is God's plan for you. And we're just like, do you realize what we've just seen? We just saw a stadium filled with people worshiping God. And he said, what you've seen is what, it's what God's heart is for your city. But that's what we want to see. There are these hubs are out there, 10, 15 people just meeting in houses, governing together, worshipping. See, you've got to understand who you are in God. We have, we've, Christians, Christians have become timid. We've become backward. We've become, oh, we've given over ground and just sort of gone, whatever. But God's going, no, do you know who you are in me? I've called you to be beacons of light. That God's called, made your home a beacon of light. You're in your home where you are to be a beacon. It's not just your place to live. It's your place of ministry. It's the house of God. And God's plan is to have 10, 15 people in your house worshipping him. But not just that, praying together, governing together, talking about the goodness of God and you teaching them and inspiring them, just sharing what God's taught you to them. You might be going, but God's not showing me anything. Well, start writing down every day what he says to you. Get in that habit. I've discovered that as you just get off a book and I just write down what I've read and what God says about it. And as you start to do that, he will start to release dreams to you. He'll start to speak to you out of his word. He'll start to, to build words that you can share with others because you're honoring what he's already done. So that as you have that people there, I mean, what I'm going to share with you in a minute is simply out of me sitting down with God, having a quiet time with him, and he spoke to me, and this jumps out the page, and he speaks to me. And I'm just going to, I just share what God shares with me. That's what my sermons are, what God has shared with me. Why? Because I honoured him by opening up a book, reading his word and going, gee, this is what I feel God's saying to me today. That's how it starts. You don't have to be a theologian. You just need to share what God shares with you. With 10 people every week or every fortnight. And then you're praying together and governing over your area. And suddenly we end up with 20,000 people connected through these hubs of 10, 12 people in these homes. And then we get together in a stadium just to do it together once or twice a year. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's his heart. But there comes a time when we have to step up and go, I'm a part of that. 
I want to do my part in that. That's my calling. That's my job. You might go, but I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great speaker. I'm not really good with people. You'll be fine. I'm an introvert. Do you know that? Friday, I had to, I had to go to a, a staff meeting because Wednesday, this Thursday's week, I'm at, I'm at Church of Christ Conference, which means two days of retreat and hanging out doing not much and hanging out with Jesus. That's why I go in a nice place. So I had to go to work Friday because I don't really work Fridays. And so I go to the staff meeting because they want me to do the staff meeting and to do an icebreaker. So I do the icebreaker. See, I'm okay while I'm doing something. I can do the icebreaker. But at the end of the thing, they're going, okay, let's all just hang around. We've got sausages we're going. And they brought an ice cream thing in. And, you know, and you can all chat among each other. And I'm going, I feel awkward because I don't really know any of these people. And my natural thing is to stand back and lean on the wall and because I don't know these people. I'm an introvert. It's a great time. You know, you pull out your phone, pretend you're taking a phone call or sending a message or you get something urgent. I know what it's like to think, but I'm not an out there person. I'm not. I, I can't do Todd White. You know? I admire what the guy does, but I can't do Todd White. Just walking up to everywhere and everywhere and doing this and that because that's not my personality. It's not how God wired me. He didn't make me to be Todd White. And if we were all Todd Whites, the church would actually fall apart. But you know what's really awesome? Is he made me to be Phil Kinney. He wired me to be me. And I'm the best me anyone's ever going to be. There is no better me. Like I said, the best me. <laughs> so you can be a better you. <laughs> But you can be the best you. God made you. He made you. If you're an introvert, he made you an introvert for a reason. If you're a details person, he made you a details person for a reason. If you're an extrovert, he made you an extrovert for a reason. You can be melancholy. You can be phlegmatic. Whatever your personality is, God gave you that because the job he has for you to do, he needed that personality. And you know what? You're going to attract people that I'm never going to attract. And I'm going to attract people that you are never going to attract. Right? Do you get this? He wired you to be you. And he put you here in this room at this time for a reason. He made you a part of Jesus Central for a purpose. You see, when you signed up and said, I want to be a part of Jesus Central, you signed on to the vision that God put in Dale and I. And our vision becomes your vision because what your vision God's placed in you works with the vision that God put in us. God never made you just to sit on a comfy seat, kick your feet up and go, oh, this is a great time. That's a part of your journey, but it's only a small part. Oh, it's a part of your journey, and it's nice. And there's weeks I do that too. You know, I like to sit in that where the Hannah's in. It's a nice seat over there and just kick back and just worship God. It's really cool. But you know what? There comes a time you're going to get off your seat. You've got to walk out of here and go, 
that's not church for the week. This is just the start for the week. All I've got is the fuel up. This is like pulling into the petrol station. You get a fuel up. You get your window clean. You used to. They used to check your oil even. You know, I, I love the way they go now with, with the apps. You know, you go to BP or whatever it is, and you get this app that means you don't have to go into the thing. You can do it all at the browser, and, you know, it's all handy. I'm going, you know what handy was? Handy was when I pulled into the service station and someone else filled my car up, checked my oil, checked my water, and cleaned my windscreen, and I paid them through the window and didn't get out of my seat. That was handy. That was easy with kids in the back. Not getting out in the weather while they're in the king looking at you through the window, yelling and screaming. Let's get back to handy. <laughs> oh, I laugh. I laugh this whole thing. I think you're gonna be ridiculous. You know? Technology doesn't replace people. You know, and we've got people watching us online all over the world, but technology doesn't replace people. There's nothing like being in the room one on one, telling what Jesus did. And that's what God has for you. He has for you to have people in your house that you can share Jesus with, that you can reach, that I can't reach, that God has wired you according to how he made you to reach them, to change their life. God has that plan for you. And I want to say to you, it's time to step up and go, yes, I'm the guy. I'm the girl. I'm going to have a hub in my home this year. Make it your goal. I'm going to have 10 people in my house every week. We're going to hang out on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night or whatever night it is. Saturday lunchtime, whatever it is. We're going to have breakfast together. And we're going to talk about Jesus and the good things he's done. And we're going to pray together. And they're going to come to know Jesus and we're going to govern together and we're going to change our suburb. That every suburb in this city is going to be crying out to Jesus. Yeah, yeah I love the story of Yongi Cho. You know, he was a Buddhist guy who some, some teenage girl just dropped away from school and see him until he came to know Jesus. And God healed him and he gets saved. And he goes and, and he starts a church in his tent and he's got nothing. Nothing. He sleeps on the floor of the tent. It's his home as well. And at this time, there's like less than 1% or something of Christians in Korea. You know what Korea is like now? South Korea is like now because of that man and what God did through him? Because he had a vision of church being in every home. A bit different to us. That's where, they, that's where connect groups come from. Small groups come from. And they have these people in small groups and they, you know, they started building these apartments and so they'd get saved, these people, and they'd start running small groups in their home. And these people would get in the lift and ride the lift up and down all day helping people and people would come in with their groceries. They'd say, oh, can I help you with your groceries? Yeah, sure. And they'd, they'd go walk to the, you know, their room with them carrying their groceries to their apartment, talking to them all the way and build relationship. And then they'd share Jesus and they'd start meeting in their apartments. So now over 50% of that nation knows Jesus. That if you go to Seoul, Korea, and you just sort of stand back at night, you'll see crosses on all these buildings because they built up these illuminated crosses over their apartments because the culture is no longer the devil, it's Jesus. Because one man used his tent 
his home to share Jesus. What if you did that? What if every one of us went, you know what? My home can be a place for Jesus. That we get together Sunday as a group of leaders. And people get scared of that word, lead. I don't want to lead. I don't know anything. Do you know Jesus? You got Holy Spirit inside you? Then you got everything you need. You got everything you need. You've got everything you need. Because everything's in here. And everything's in here. See, we talk about faith. Take a step of faith. And have the vision to start a hub in your house. It's not about leaving Jesus Central and leaving what we do here on Sunday. We come together on Sundays to encourage each other and then we step out in the week and we have a hub in our home to encourage others. And we keep building until there's 20,000 of us and then we really start going. Yeah? That the biggest event on a weekend is not whether the Eagles are going to beat Richmond by 50, 60 points. The biggest event on the weekend is us meeting in a stadium celebrating Jesus. Not because we brought in some big guest speaker and all the Christians from around town, but because Jesus Central is hanging together just worshipping Jesus. This is what we can do. Let me get you something out of the Bible because, you know, I'm not going to preach what I was going to preach anymore. I'll say that for next week. I sort of felt it was going to be for next week. I just had that feeling. <laughs> but let me read to you out of Mark chapter 5. Then they went to the other side, this is Jesus, of the sea to the region of... Is it Gadarenes? Yeah, I always get that wrong. When he came out of the boat, immediately, when Jesus came out of the boat, immediately a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. All right, what's this guy got? He's got nothing. He lived among the tombs and no one could constrain him, not even with chains, because he often been bound with shackles and chains. But he pulled, apart, pulled the chains apart and broke the shackles to pieces and no one could subdue him. All was night and day, he was in the mountains and tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. So the guy is running around naked, terrorizing everybody. He's got nothing, right? He's got less than nothing. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran up and kneeled before him and cried out with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I do you by God. Don't torment me. For Jesus said, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then he said, What is your name? He said, My name is Legion. He goes on and on and on. And Jesus cast him out, right? Cast the demons out. Go to verse 18. When he entered the boat, when Jesus entered the boat, he who had been possessed with the demons prayed that he might, not, that he might be with them. But Jesus didn't let him stay with him. But he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. What did, he t- what did Jesus tell him to do? Go and tell what Jesus did for you. Now, does this guy know the Bible? Did he grow up through Jewish school and have this huge education? 
This is the middle of Gentile territory. How do you know that? There's pigs. They're herding 2,000 pigs. We're in Gentile territory. We're not in the middle of the Jewish community. This is Gentile country. This is unsaved. They don't know about Jesus. He says, go home and tell your friends simply what the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion for you. Can you tell people what God has done for you? You think, oh, I can't remember. Start writing them down like Dale was saying before. Write down what God has done for you. When God does something cool, just write it down. You'll end up with a book full of them pretty soon. So the guy departs and began to proclaim the Decapolis, and there's ten cities around there, what great things Jesus had done for him, and what happened? Everyone was amazed. So the guy just goes out there and says, this was me, and now this is me. You want to know Jesus? That's all he said. He didn't have a big theological education. He didn't have a long history of leading groups. He hadn't gone through any training. All he'd had was Jesus meet him and take him from here to here. And what happened? He started a ministry among 10 cities. So think about it. Can you tell your story to 10 friends? Do you think you can gather 10 people into your house and tell them what Jesus has done for you? Because you know what the best testimony you have? Is you. The best witness you can give is you. The best impact you can have on people is not just speaking the word of God. The biggest impact you'll have is tell your story. Because people will refute the word of God and fight about the word of God because that's what they do. But they can't deny your story. They can't deny your story. I was sitting this week in this room and um, it was at work and there's a lady there, she calls me the Bible basher. And she says it lovingly and jokingly and everything else. But, you know, oh, the Bible basher's here, you know, and they're having this story and they were talking about the afterlife. And her theory is that she gets to come back again and keep coming back again. I thought it was an interesting question. If we all keep being reincarnated, where do the extra people come from? So she started telling me how a friend of hers was convinced he was a fish in a previous life. I'm going, okay. Everyone's allowed to be wrong. It's their right, okay? People are allowed to be wrong. And so I just started telling her stories of things that happened in my life. I told a story about, I told you a while ago about the 80-year-old guy. I, I just kept telling stories about, you know, and so suddenly she gets a little quieter and she starts to listen and starts to ask questions. Why? Because I could talk the Bible and she'll go, oh, but, but, but. But when I tell my story, people can't refute your testimony. Because it's your story. It happened to you. And you see, when they start to listen to your testimony, then they'll start to listen to what the Word of God says. And you can tell your story. I've heard you all tell me stories. Every one of you have told me a story. So you just tell that story to the people in your world. You know how you start a hub? Invite some friends over for dinner. Grab one or two people from here. Don't load it too much. 
just grab one or two people from here that are friends of yours and you invite three people in your world over for dinner and you just have a dinner party. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Want to know how to cater? I'm sure Amy can help you. Des is good at that sort of stuff. They'll be fine. And just have a dinner party. And just start to talk about what Jesus has done for you. You want to see the conversation? Just start talking about what happens when you die. Read, stop, you know, let people talk about it. You pick up, someone will drop something in there and you just jump on it. And you say, oh, tell me, you know, tell me about that. And you listen to what they have to say and you respect what they have to say as their opinion. All right? You don't jump on them. And then you just tell your story. You know, I heard this great story about this 80-year-old guy. If you haven't got a story, tell everyone else's. I do. <laughs> Steal everyone. You know, I heard this story the other day, and I heard that story. And you tell your story, and people start to get spiritually hungry. And then you know what you do? Because you sort of get the end of it, and you go, gee, no one got saved, nothing really happened. Really cool. In a month's time, you do the same thing again. And eventually... People are going to say, when's your next dinner party? When's your next dinner party? And you'll start to build that. You've got to be consistent. You've got to grab the vision and go, this is what I see is going to happen. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be fancy. Heck, chuck some sausages on a barbie, whatever it takes. But I want you to grab the vision that by the end of the year, you have 10 people in your house talking about Jesus. That you have 10 people in your house praying. You have 10 people in your house governing, changing your world and their world and the area that you live in. Because if you can do that, then you know what happens with those 10 people? They're going to meet in your house, but eventually they're going to be meeting in their house as well. And you'll be rocking up here on a Sunday and having people in your house on a Tuesday. And people will be rocking up to your house on a Tuesday and then they'll be rocking up on a Thursday. See, they don't have to come in here on a Sunday because they're hanging out with you on a Tuesday. And then on a Thursday, they're running their own hub. And suddenly we haven't got four or five hubs, we've got ten hubs. And I haven't even met half those people. But that's okay because it's not about me. It's about them meeting Jesus and we'll meet in the Spirit. And then you know they're 10 people are meeting on a Thursday and they're doing the same thing because that's how they got saved and they think it's really cool and they're telling their story and suddenly they've got 10 people saved in their house on a Thursday. And half those people are doing one on a Saturday. And suddenly every night there's hubs running all across this city. There's prayer going up all across this city. And then breakfast ones are happening and then lunchtime ones are happening and suddenly 24 hours a day we're meeting together telling the good story of Jesus and praying. Why? Because you invited 10 people to your house to have a dinner party. We can do this. Yeah? We can do this. You can do this. Because you don't do it alone. We're standing with you. We're praying with you. We're supporting you. If you need money, then we'll give money. We'll buy the food. I'll do whatever it takes to see this city know Jesus. House by house by house. That's what they did in Acts. They met house to house. 
and occasionally they go and meet in a big crowd on the portico. You know people on the portico? 50,000 people fit into that portico at the temple. They'd come together and have big gatherings, but they met house to house to house. And they'd go all night sometimes. Paul preached all night. The guy fell out the window. Had to go down and heal him, bring him back up, and then he kept preaching. We can do this. Yeah? Because he that is in us is greater than he's in the world. I want you to get that vision. To take it away. I'm going to be praying this week. I'm going on retreat. And while I'm retreat, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God embeds that vision so hard into your heart it'll never come out. That it's going to produce and produce and produce. And one day you're going to sit back and you're going to go, you know what? I started with 10 people and now there's a thousand people that know Jesus. I'm still eating with my 10, but they're out there meeting with their 10 or meeting with their 10 or meeting with their 10 and there's a thousand people that know Jesus. And then suddenly there's 10,000 people who know Jesus just because you invited 10 people into your house. 10 people. You're Decapolis. Yeah? And just tell what Jesus has done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that he that is in us, that you in us, Holy Spirit in us is greater, much greater than anything this world can throw up. Anything the devil can throw up because he's so defeated. He doesn't stand a chance against what you are doing through us. So, Father, I pray that the seed, your vision, will be planted in every heart here, that they'll see the possibility, they'll see the promise, they'll see what you have for us as your body. To see this city come to know Jesus. Lord, it's not about our egos. It's about people not going to hell. If our friends, our family, those we work with, our neighbors, not going to hell, but knowing Jesus and living a full and abundant life. Seeing sickness broken over their life. Seeing poverty broken over their life. Seeing the broken families restored. Seeing them know Jesus, being taken from the gates of hell into the glory of heaven. That they may know Jesus, him crucified, resurrected and ascended. Father, let that vision grow within us, let it not be stolen from our hearts. But let it grow within us until it produces a full harvest. That we see 30, 60, 100 fold return on people being saved. Lord, that as we gather together and bring people into our homes, Lord, that your presence will be so strong in that place that they will know Jesus. That as we share our stories, as we share the good things you've done for us, Father, they will go like a double-edged sword piercing into the hearts and the minds of these people that they may know you and your power and your love and your forgiveness and your grace and mercy in their lives, in Jesus' name. Let it be done, we pray, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.